0: What I'm gonna share with you today is something that I'm so glad that I had a friend who shared it with me. I remember um, being confronted by a friend who said, John, do you know 100% sure if you died, you'd go to heaven? I didn't know that. I was somewhat religious. I had a background in hearing about Jesus and, and knowing I'd heard lots of lessons in the Bible but I didn't know the answer to that question. I wasn't sure that my sins were forgiven. I certainly was not sure I was going to heaven. And that was a hard question. It was a hard question to be asked. It was even a harder question for me to answer because I did not know that I was saved. Now, the word saved is a Bible word. It's a Bible word that means I'm saved from the penalty of my sin sin, and bad choices. And I'm given eternal life. It's the same term as being born again. Sometimes you hear people say, oh, I, I'm a born again Christian. And and some of the wonder, does that mean reincarnation? Uh, what does that mean? And we're going to talk about that for a few moments this morning. I believe it's so important. I'm glad that someone loved me and was kind enough to me to work hard to get me to the answer to that question. Because a 100 years from this very moment, 100 years from this very second, all that's going to matter for every one of us in this room is where we will be, where we will live, in heaven with God or in hell without him. That's all that's going to... It won't matter uh, where, what your address was, how much money you had in your 401k for retirement. It won't matter um, what job you had. It won't matter if you held an iPhone or an Android. It won't matter if you drove um, a Yugo. (laughs) Boy, that goes back a long ways, doesn't it? It won't matter if you drove a Lamborghini. It won't matter. What's going to matter is one thing, where you live, in heaven with God or in hell without him. When my friend confronted me with that question, that's what he cared about. He wanted me to know that when I died, I'd have eternal life, that I could know for sure. See, it's one of the wonderful things about the Bible. is the Bible tells us, we can know 100% sure with certainty that we have eternal life. God doesn't want you to wonder if you're his or not. Just like I don't want my kids, my wife and I, we have nine children, but I don't want any of the kids to come and say, Dad, am I really your child? Am I really your child? Am I really your child? That would drive me crazy. And God doesn't want us to wonder if we're his or not. He wants us to know with certainty. Matter of fact, he said, this is why I gave you the Bible. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, not wonder, not hope. Some of will ask people, do you know for sure? They'll say, I hope so. I think so. I want to know. But God wants you to know that you know. I've had the chance many times to sit down since the time that someone loved me enough to show me from the Bible. I have tried to share that with my friends. I shared it with my friend yesterday, I, I, with the friend that I've met. I, I've shared it with the men, the two men that you saw on the screen, David Yonko. I remember sitting on a picnic table in his backyard and taking the Bible and showing him what someone showed me. I didn't know he was going to die before I died, but he did. But right now, he's, not, he's okay. He's with God. Not because he was a good man, because he accepted the gift of eternal life. And I wanted to share with you, as though I were sitting across the table from you this morning, it was just you and me. I'd like to just share with you how you can know for sure that when you die, you're going to heaven. You can know that your sin's forgiven. You can know that you're okay with God. And I want to explain it to you the best way I can, I can do that. I'm going to use some of the verses on the screen so you can read them with me. And we're just going to walk through it. So could we just pretend just for a few moments it's just you and me, and we're sitting across the table, maybe at my favorite place, Dunkin' Donuts. Nah, we won't do it. It's too busy there. So we'll just sit right here and just talk for a few moments. I'd like to share with you what someone shared with me and what I've shared with scores and maybe hundreds of other people. And that is how you can know for sure that you, if you were to die, you go to heaven. You you can know, you can, the song we just heard, what a friend we have in Jesus. In John 15, verse 13 in the Bible, it says, greater love hath no man than this than that a man would lay down his life for his friend. And that's what Jesus did for me. That's what he did for you. He died so you could live. He was separated from his heavenly father so you and I would not have to be. Here's the story. There are three things we need to understand, and then we have one decision to make. Everybody's going to make a decision, and no decision is still a decision. But there's three things we need to understand. The first thing we understand, the Bible's very clear. He says we have to understand that we have a problem and we cannot go to heaven in our own righteousness. No matter how good or how bad we are, we're all in trouble because all of us have sinned. God's holy and we're not. He lives in heaven and you can't go there in your own ability. I want to be a good person. I'd like to be a good husband to my wife. I'd like to be a good father to my children. I'd like to be a good friend to my friends, a good neighbor to my neighbors. I'd like to be respectable in my community. But no matter how good I try to be, I'm not good enough to go to heaven on my own because I have a problem it's called sin. Let's look at the verse real quickly. Here's the verse of Scripture, Romans 3, Would you mind reading out loud with me, everyone? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Here's what that verse says. Everyone's done wrong. Everyone's broken God's laws. And because of that, we come short of what it takes to go to heaven in our own righteousness. We can't do it. God gave us 10 rules, the 10 commandments. I have a friend of mine who has the 10 commandments in their house. And if you ask him, how are you going to heaven? They say, oh, I try to keep the 10 commandments. How are you doing? Let's just review them. Number one, no other gods before the God of the Bible. I mean, he has to be number one. He'll, he'll, never, he'll never have number. Have you ever put him number two or three or five or 700 in your, in, your, in your priorities? Yes. Number two, he says, don't worship idols. God said, I made everything in this world. Don't worship something that is made by man or something I made. We should even worship people. Well, we're, we're prone to worship movie stars and, and musicians and athletes. And God said, I made them. Everything they do, they can do because I let them do it. Don't worship them. When you have a child, you never want to give your attention to your child at the expense of the one who gave you the child. He said, actually, every child is the Lord's. So he said, no, don't worship idols. Number three, don't take my name in vain. When you get angry, don't say God and damn his name. Don't say his son's name, Jesus Christ. He says of all things about his, his person, his name is Holy. Don't, if you want to curse Adolf Hitler, knock yourself out. But don't curse God. Don't say, oh, my, and say, His he, he doesn't want us to do that. But we all have done that. Why do we do that? You know why we do that? We got a sin problem. We got an angst with God. He said, number four, remember, there's one day of your seven days that's to be given to God. You don't have options. It's not like Super Bowl. Do- remember Super Bowl Saturday? <laughs> no. The world loves to put something special on Sunday that can substitute our attention toward God. He says, give one day to God. How many times have you missed church? How many times you did something else? You're like, I know, there's going, I got this going. Got, and he says, no, no, one day is mine. He says, honor your father and mother. Never dishonor your parents. Well, all of us who have, who have been children have dishonored our parents. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't lie. Don't covet. Don't commit any sin of sexuality, be it in your mind or in your activity, if you're not married to that person. Boy, that that really condemns all of us. And God proves to us, he said, all of us are sinners, and none of us can prance into God's presence in our own righteousness. All have sinned. For someone to know they're going to heaven, they have to understand they need help to get there they fall short. Like so, say, well, I'm better than some people. It, it's not, God's not comparing you to anyone else. He's comparing you to him. And we all come short of what it takes to go to heaven on our own. That's point number one. Just Pastor, how did I get this sinful nature? You get it two ways. One, by your nature, and second, you sin by your choice. See, the Bible tells us that God created the first two human beings, Adam and Eve. And they lived in a perfect environment, and they had a responsibility, they had a rule, and they had a relationship with God, and they broke God's rule, just like I have done and you have done. They ate ate of a fruit tree they were not supposed to eat. They had all the other things they could do. They ate that one. And when they ate of the fruit tree and they disobeyed God, so the Bible says, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Okay? So... My wife and I told you we have nine children. We never have to sit them down and say, okay, you're five years old. Here's how you tell a lie. Tomorrow I'm going to show you how to lose your temper. they want to work on being lazy. All my kids know how to do that. You know why? Because of the guy you're listening to. Because they have me and them. And I got my dad in me and his dad in him and Adam in us. That's why Jesus had to be born without a human father. See, what's the big deal about the virgin birth of Jesus? Because if Jesus had a human father, he would have been a sinner. And if he was a sinner, he, didn't, he couldn't pay for our sin. I couldn't buy, pay for your sin. You couldn't pay for mine. You can get yourself on the cross and people do it trying to earn their way to heaven. They get up on crosses and try to mimic what happened to Jesus, but it doesn't pay for their sin or anyone else's. No, the reason Jesus' death and burial and resurrection was so significant is that it was him, the innocent, dying for us, the guilty. We have to realize we're a sinner. The second thing we have to understand is that sin has a penalty. Look at this verse, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. Would you look at that? Romans 6 and verse number 23. Just the first part, for the sake of time, and I'll come back to the second part. Read it with me. For the wages of sin. So, if I had to pay for what I've done wrong against God, it's very clear. I kind of wish it said the wage of sin was baptism. Then just everyone who gets baptized goes to heaven. But that's not what the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. This week I participated in a funeral service. And the reason I came to that room is because someone died. And from that death, that separation, there were tears and sadness because there's separation. Well, the Bible says the wages of being a sinner is to die. Now, here's the the information you need to understand. I need to understand. Number one, hey, there are two deaths. There's not just one. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it's appointed everyone wants to die. How many know someone who has died? Would you raise your hand if you know someone who has died? Okay. And the, and the sadness you feel with them is that you've been separated. When someone dies, I've got my friend Butch over here and his good son. We, have, we share that in common. I have a son who passed away, and he did. And the pain that he's going through over these next few weeks, this year, first things without his good son, is very difficult. And, it, and the reason it's difficult is because he's been separated from his son. When his son died, his body stayed and his spirit and soul separated. And he's been separated from his son. And, and you know, that's going to happen to me one day. It's going to happen to Butch one day. It's going to happen to you. He's been a Hammond police officer for decades. And he's seen a lot of death in his life. And, but one day he's going to die. One day I'm going to die. One day you're going to die. Everybody has an appointment with a physical death. But the Bible's not talking only about the physical death. He's talking about a spiritual death. And he doesn't mince his words. He doesn't mix his words. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He tells us exactly what the second death is. Look in the Bible, if you would please, and if you want to look on the screen, Revelation chapter 20, verse 14 and 15. And let's look at it and let's read it together. Can we please? And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life. Boy, that's a tough verse. But here's what it says. Let's look at it again. There's a time, and this is all futuristic, okay? From chapter 4 of Revelation to chapter 22 are things that are going to happen. God doesn't mind telling the future because he already knows it. So he says, here's what's going to happen. At the end of time, as we know it, God is going to gather people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and His gift of eternal life, and they're in one group. And then those who have died and those who are in hell, back to the verse, please, will be cast into the lake of fire, which is the what? Second death. It's the second separation. The first separation is body and soul and you and your loved ones. The eternal separation is from God. God is an eternal being, and one place he's not going to spend eternity is in the lake of fire. But death and hell will be cast in the lake of fire. This will be the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of what? That's the registry of the new birth. These are people who have been saved. These are people who have been born again. If your name is in there, you're not going to the lake of fire. But if your name is not in God's book of the new birth, then they'll be put and cast into this lake of fire, which is the second death. So let's go back real quick and listen to me, if you would, please. The first thing we would need to understand is that we are sinners and um, we fall short of what it takes to be saved in our own ability. The second thing we'd have to understand is that because I've sinned, the price of sin is death, not just a physical separation from me and my loved ones, but an eternal separation from God in the lake of fire. See, say, Pastor, that is, makes me uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable. But I, I would not be an honest person to know the Bible and not read to you what I just read to you. I'm not here to impress anyone. I'm here to tell you the truth. Here, but that's the two negative parts. What I'm going to tell you now is the positive part. And let's look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 in your Bible. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. We read the first part just moments ago. Let's read the second part here. For the wages of sin is death. So if I had to pay for my own sin, I'd have to go to the lake of fire, second death. But God has an option. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God has a gift. And it's not a reward for doing the right thing, it's a gift. It's a gift. And it was purchased when Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. And what is the gift according to that verse, friends? Opposite of eternal death. It's the total opposite. He said, look, John, you're a sinner, and you can't go to heaven that way. I said, yeah, I know. Hey, look, John, you have sinned, and the wages of being a sinner is to be separated from me in eternal death. I know. But he says, I have an option for you. The option is... There's a gift available. And that gift is not going to hell. That's going to heaven. That's eternal life with God. And it's made possible because of what Jesus Christ did. Not what the church did. Not what I did when I got baptized. Not, be, not because of something I tried to change or I quit doing something. Or, no, no, no. It's not because of something I've done. It's because of what Jesus did. See, Jesus, the innocent, died for me, the guilty. Jesus, who didn't have any sin, became sin for John and for you, that you and I could receive the gift of eternal life and have eternal life with God forever. You know, it almost seems too good to be true. But he loves you. He loves you and he wants you to have eternal life. Let's go to the verse that Brother Robert read with us John chapter 3, I think it may be the greatest verse in the Bible. John chapter 3 and verse number 16, and let's look at it, if we can, please, together. Follow along with me as I read. Thank you very much for listening. Christians, be prayerful. I want to make sure everybody understands this. We're sinners. We can't go to heaven on our own. The price of sin is to be separated from God forever in the lake of fire. Jesus loved us and on the cross, he did all that was needed to be done. He was separated from God the Father so you didn't have to be and I don't have to be. What happened? How did that happen? Well, the Bible tells us in John 3 verse 16, for God, God the Father, so loved the world. How many are in the world? Would you raise your hand? That's you. That's me. He said he so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. Who is that? Jesus Christ. That whosoever, what's the next word? Believe it. See, there's really two. If you ask anyone on the planet, how do I have eternal life? They're going to tell you one of two answers. There's something you have to do. It's either works or it's faith. It's either what you and I have to do to make God happy, or it's what God did when he sent his son Jesus, and we put our faith in there. If you you ask one question to everyone in the world, what do I have to do to go to heaven? And you ask one question, you're going to find two piles real quickly. One is works, the other is faith. One is things you have to do, the other is things God has already done. If anyone tells you you got to get baptized to go to heaven, that's a work you have to do. You have to be a member of the church. No, 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 that's a work. You have to stop, and you got to walk the walk. No, that's, that's works. The Bible says that whosoever doesn't say worketh, but whosoever what, believe it. in who. You don't want to put your faith in a pastor, a church. An experience, our faith is in Jesus. If they would do that, they should not. What's that next word? Perish. What does perish mean? This week was a submarine, went down to see the Titanic, and everyone in that submarine, they they had more money in that submarine than most of us will ever imagine. Probably more than everybody in here combined, income was in that submarine. But all of them did what? Perished. They all died. Physically. And the Bible says that if we put our faith in Christ, we should not perish. But once again, we learned there are two deaths, physical and a spiritual. They'll never go to hell, to the lake of fire, but they will have instead, what is those last two words? Say them with me again. Yeah. Yeah. So God tells us he loves us. He sent Jesus, the innocent, to die for us, the guilty. And whoever would put their faith in Jesus would not die the second death, but they would have everlasting life. Look at the next verse, would you please? For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God did not send Christ here so that you would go to hell, but that the world through him might be what? Once again, we see that word saved, it means to be forgiven. It means to be rescued from our sin. Look at the next verse, verse 18. He that believeth on Jesus is not condemned, but he that believeth not, if you say, you know what? No, I'm not going to accept his gift. I'm not going to receive him. I'm not going to put my faith in him. He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. We're almost done. Three things I need you to understand this morning from the Bible. Number one, we're sinners and we can't save ourselves. No matter how good I try to be, I'm not good enough. Number two, if I had to pay for my own sin, you paid for your sin, we would have to die two times. Physically separated from our body, eternally separated from God, who didn't want that to happen. Number three, God loves us. And he sent Jesus to do what needed to happen for sin to be paid for. The wages of sin is, what did Jesus do? He died. He, the innocent, died for us, the guilty. And then God offers us a gift. You know, a gift has to be two things. It has to be free to the person who receives it. And it has to be accepted by the person who receives it. I could have a gift for you, but it wouldn't be yours unless you received it. God has a gift for everyone, but you must personally receive it, accept it. You can accept it. You can believe it and receive it, or you can reject it and pay your own debt. But God loves you. And on the cross, it always needs to be done. Now... You say, Pastor, I know I'm a sinner. I believe it. I believe I deserve hell. I believe that only Jesus could save me. If you believe those three things, the next question is, if God would take your sin, would you take his gift? If God would exchange your sin, would you be willing to put your faith in his son? Let's look at the Bible here. Here's how you would do that. Here's the prerequisite. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. Here's what the Bible says. For with the heart man believeth unto... Okay, so we call our heart, it's our our headquarters of our being. Okay, it's not the muscle in in your chest, it's your soul. It's with your headquarters of your being that you believe that the only righteousness that God will accept is his son. And not you, not me, not the church, not baptism, not not a tradition, not a sacrament. It's just Jesus. But if a person would believe that in their heart, that only Jesus and his righteousness will save me, then with their mouth they would make confession unto salvation. They would ask God to save them. Here's what the Bible says in the verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? You see that word saved keep popping up? See, everybody needs to be saved. Everyone can be saved. And everyone is saved the same way, putting their faith off themselves or anything else and onto Jesus Christ and him alone. I remember the night that someone shared this verse with me for whosoever. And they said, John, that's you that would call upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart that only he could save you. You could ask him to save you. And after I heard that, I said, I'm ready. I knelt beside my friend. And I I said, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell. I don't want to go there. I don't want to ever be separated from you. I know I deserve that, but I believe that Jesus died, he was buried, and only through him I could be saved. Would you come into my life? Would you forgive my sin? And when would you save me? And that night, God took my sin, and I took his son. That night, I was born again. I was saved. Being born again, and you say, Pastor, what's the big deal? Well, all of us have one birthday. We all have one birthday. If I asked you your birthday, you would tell me. You would tell me a moment of time, a day, a month, and a date when you were born. I would tell you the same thing. But everyone, God says, needs two birthdays. You need another moment in time when you accept Jesus as your Savior. And when you believe and receive Christ, you are born again. See, but Jesus said, you you, you must. It's not, it's not, I hope you can. Just keep doing the best you can. And by the way, when I tell you, ask your birthday, you don't say, well, it happened for me over a period of about eight months. No, no, no. You just tell me one day in time. You broke the womb and you became a human being. The child of your mom and dad. There needs to be another time when you come into God's family. You're born again. You say, pastor, why is that so important? Why? Because there are two deaths. Jesus, you've got to have two birthdays, one physically and one spiritually because there are two deaths. Here's Bible math. If you're only born one time, you're going to die two times. If you just have one birthday and you leave this world without a second birthday, you're going to die physically and eternally separated from God in the lake of fire. But if you're born twice, you only die once. I believe God has brought people today. Maybe you come every week, but you know and God knows you are not saved. You've never truly been born again. You need to be saved today. Maybe you're here and you're like, what in the world? Why did my friend want me to come so bad? And and God has already been doing things in your life. He's already been trying to show you that he loves you and he's drawing you to accept his son. The Bible tells us in John 6, all that the father gives Jesus will need to come to Jesus. And him that comes to Jesus, God will in no wise put away. If you will come to him by faith, he will save you by his grace. In just a moment, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their head and close our everyone. In just a moment. And if you say, Pastor, I'm ready. I know this truth is for me, and I'm ready to get saved. I'm going to ask you three questions, and I'll give you a chance right where you are to ask Jesus to forgive your sin and save you, just like I did. I want to encourage you to do it, but I can't do it for you. It's an individual choice. You have to do it for you, and I had to do it for me. I can't do it for my kids. I can't do it for my wife. It's whosoever, whoever wants to, that would call upon the name of the Lord, they could be saved. If you're here today and you need to be saved, I want to encourage you to come to Jesus and exchange your sin for his sacrifice. Let's bow our heads, can we please? Your eyes are closed in respect to those around you, your heads are bowed in honor to God. But right now, wherever you are in the auditorium, please listen carefully. You say, Pastor, I've already saved. I know that I've already accepted Jesus as my Savior, and I am so thankful, and I am praying for others right now. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. May put your hands down. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure. If I died, I'd go to heaven, but I'm ready. I believe I understand that I'm a sinner and I believe it. I understand there's a lake of fire and I don't want to go there. I deserve it, but I don't want to go there. Number three, pastor, I believe that Jesus is my only hope. I believe that he died, he was buried and he rose again so I could be saved. And I'm ready to receive him as my savior personally right this moment. If you say, I believe that, then the next thing you do is to call upon the Lord. And right now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you mean it before God. And the Bible says, whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. Say, Pastor, people might hear me. Who cares? You want God to hear you. Don't be ashamed. But you say, Pastor, I'm ready to believe and receive Christ right now. Would you say this from your heart to the Lord at this very moment? Dear Lord. I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve hell and to be separated from you forever. But I believe that Jesus died for me. And on the cross, he did all that was needed to be done so I could be saved. I believe he rose again and I ask him to be my savior. I accept your gift. Of eternal life, please come into my life, forgive my sin, and save me. If this morning would everybody keep your eyes closed and your head bowed, but if you say, "Pastor, I just prayed that, and I meant it," you don't want to lift your hands, but would you look to your lift your head to me and look up at me just real quickly? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Others. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. In the balcony, anyone say, Pastor, it's me. God bless you, sweet girl. How many say, Pastor, I don't know if you saw my eyes, but I want you to see my hand. Would you raise your hand right now? Hold it up if you, if you ask the Lord to save you. God bless you. God bless you and you and you. Are there others? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Thank you. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, the best way I know how, I just ask Jesus, God bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Dear Father in heaven, I pray you give wisdom as we conclude the service. Work in hearts and lives of people, I pray. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you look this way, if you would, please? If you ask the Lord to save you, we're so happy. And the Bible's true. He said, this is the promise that God promised us, even eternal life. If he makes you a promise, he will keep it. And if you came to him, he saved you. But as a church, I want to do something. I want to make sure that everyone who asked Jesus to save them receives two booklets. One, understanding salvation. I want you to, to understand what happened to you just a moment ago. Now, we're going to go over this lesson next Sunday morning in our discipleship class, and next Sunday night, you can come and go over, but I want you to have it in advance to read and understand what happened to you. Another pamphlet here is about baptism, but this is an opportunity for us to uh, rejoice with you. We want to make note today, June the 25th, 2013, is your new second birthday. And I say something, 25th? I said there's something wrong. 2023, excuse me. Thank you. I've gotten a little bit back to the future. Okay. Now, 2023, but I will want to make sure we log that with you. And just a moment, all of us are going to stand. If you believed in your heart and you prayed with your mouth, would you come and let someone hand this to you, and pray with you and rejoice with your decision? If you're in the balcony, and some sweet people raise their in the balcony, several folks. If you need help getting down, Brother Dan's up here. There'll be some folks who will stand there and help you. We'll bring you down here. You can come down the back and come this way. If you're standing in the aisle, say, Pastor, there's so many people. I'm being embarrassed. How many would be so glad if someone came and did that? How many would say amen to that? Amen. Yeah. Oh, we're happy. We're happy. We want, you to, we want to rejoice with you. We love you. God loves you most. And this is the most important decision anyone can make. If you made it today, As soon as you hear the first note on the piano, once you come? Let's all stand together. I'm going to pray, and then they're going to to sing. Dear Lord, please work in every heart. Help every person that got saved to get the help and let us rejoice with them. Don't let them be ashamed of what Christ did in their heart, I pray. If someone needs to get baptized today, help them to come and follow the Lord in baptism. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're sitting with someone, you bring them. Here we go.